Hello everyone. Another year has come and gone, and just as we all thought that we'd managed to ride out the all-star shit show that was 2020 and 2021, 2022 came along and asked us all to hold its drink, as it waded in, with its own set of challenges. So I wanted to sign out on the year with another reminder of all the hilarious and crazy things that happen at this time of year. I'm once again joined by an awesome collection of previous guests, all regaling us with their Christmas stories from a life in hospitality. We've got Santas on camels, mutinous guests, present delivery disasters, and even some festive lust, along with many, many more. So sit back, grab your mulled wine and mince pie, and let your Uncle Phil take you on another adventure into tales of Christmas past. Merry Christmas, everyone. Welcome all to Hospitality Meets, our Christmas show. With me, your host, Phil Street. We brand new Christmas stories, our guests and all their glories. Who we got to tell their tales and get you in the mood? Well, back for more, here in the boy Bailey. Christmas Grinch, with Christmas moans daily. Then we've got Chris Fletcher, still a hoot, I'll betcha. Once again they join me as the co-hosts of the show. Why? To showcase lots of Christmas cheer. Relax and grab yourself a festive beer And join us for our epic Christmas show You'll be glad you did, I swear you really, really will, you will So what can you expect on this year's show? Some festive tales and lots and lots of snow Chris gives us a corker of a nuisance Christmas stalker Kieran tells us of a time he gambled with his guests Mark Kirby next, calling from Dubai His tale involves a Santa in the sky his story does not end there, a camel Santa nightmare. Paul Spencer scares us all with tales of misdelivered gifts. Mitchell Collier talks of mutinous guests. Bex McKeons has a walkout pest. First, here comes that cheesy Christmas part. Welcome back. To hospitality meets our Christmas show with me, your host, Phil Street. Grab your eggnog latte and come and join the party. We way more guests with Christmas tales to get you in the mood. Yay! Jason Leeds will really mess your head. A life-size house made out of gingerbread. Yannis Pantalidis has a story that dumbfounds us. Chris Wee Wills recounts a sordid tale you won't believe. We hope it's a fun way to wrap your year. Tales that help to bring you smiles and cheer Lots of laughs and so much more fun Thank God 2022's done Welcome to our special Christmas show Share the show with all the friends you know Hello and welcome to the 2022 Ho 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 Hospitality Meets Christmas special With me your host Phil Street we had to have a year off last year, as frankly, everything was open one minute and closed the next, and it was all just a little haywire. But this year, I've once again lined up an epic guest list with some more Christmas madness. And to help me on my merry little quest, I've once again roped in those legends, now of Otolo fame, Chris Fletcher and the king of Christmas himself, Kieran Christmas Bailey. I feel that's exactly how I should be introduced everywhere I go for the next three weeks. And for reference, 
Kieran hates Christmas. Kieran despises Christmas. <laughs> Not a sense of irony at all in the fact that that's how I introduced him at all. I just do I remember the last one is we talked about the fact that I think I was doing car insurance or something like that around Christmas time and you were you had to put your car in for a service. It was just yeah, it was really, ho, really top-end Christmas stuff. <laughs> Ironically, my car is due an MOT any second now, so I think I will just be sliding it in in the Christmas period, Phil. Great. Well, we're not going to go down that route again. Yeah, that's um, not okay. I mean, you saying that's not interesting and that's not festive, then okay, I'll be, I'll, I will bow to your great judgment. Does your car have any tinsel in it? Then we can make it a Christmas story. Mm, no, no. There's, Sorry, there's a story about tinsel being somewhere else that we were talking about off the <laughs> microphone earlier. Yeah, but anyway. Thank you, though, Phil. We're very proud to be back again. It's very nice of you. Yeah, yeah it's always appreciated. And spending quality time with Phil Street is always an absolute joy. And um, if you had to have a background off, uh, we've won. We've won. You can't yeah. see it if you're listening, but we've won. Frankly, you have the, the budget of a full office block behind you. <laughs> I have the budget of a podcast that makes no money behind me. So, <laughs> yes, but uh, in any case, how's life anyway? What's What's going on in your world? Since you the last time we about budgets this. now, Phil. I don't, why have you put the word budget into my head? Now I'm thinking about cash flow. Yeah, uh, there is no flow. Um, we are, we, we are, yeah, we, EXP is still alive. It's like on life support somewhere. Uh, we'll, we'll go back and find it once we've got time. But um, yeah, we're with, uh, we managed to, when I say win, borrow a 1.9 million grant from the ESF. I mean, we're, we're, we're offering fully funded training and development for everybody within the hospitality industry in the Greater London area. Yeah, and and training worldwide. We're doing, you know, we're looking after some really exciting meetings we've had last week with different brands. So, yeah, it's really cool. We're trying to kind of flip the way training is done and I suppose L&D, if you want to call it that, in, in our own in our own style uh, but the, the scary thing is we now have a team uh which we didn't have before so oh before God. it was just us two making things up now it's us two and 16 other people making things up so it's a it's great fun our team love it they're really, being made really up then clear yes yes no mm. we're, we're professionals we are professionals 100 of the time um without doubt uh well i mean we haven't really said what atollo does other than training obviously atollo is all about the mentoring and, and phil you've had a mentor in your life haven't you for sure many and what were the benefits? Short, short and snappy, three bullet points. Knowledge that I didn't have, ways to respond that I didn't have in my armory before, and uh, and just general guidance when you need it the most. He's good. He's killed that, hasn't he? He's good. Yeah. You should do a podcast. That's a good idea. <laughs> so that's the joy. That's why, we, that's why we're in this, because mentoring is such an incredibly powerful thing and can have such a huge impact on the, the future careers of the next generation of leaders coming through the industry. Uh, and actually some of the existing leaders, to be fair, because we're all about reverse mentoring. You know, everybody thinks about older people like Chris being about 60, kind of mentoring young people and helping them on their journey. But actually, there are some folks out there who maybe 20, 25, uh, around that age, who have got knowledge to share. We've got one CEO who's learned all about TikTok through his reverse mentoring, which is quite a powerful thing. Of course, he's staying away from TikTok because still he's a problem on it. However, he understands the concept of it now just by having that conversation, having that relationship with somebody. Very good. Anyway, I'm not going to make this about Otolo. We could do that another time, <laughs> actually. We could totally do that another time. And every opportunity we will try, but carry on. Yes, indeed. We're here to celebrate Christmas. Hooray! Such a wonderful time of year. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Why is no one else singing oh my with me? God. Come on, Kieran Bailey. Where's that voice been hiding? It's a secret, Phil. I tried singing in a band once. It yeah. went really badly for me. Yeah. Yeah, that was death metal, though, right? Throating. <laughs> Indeed. Anyway. That'll come right. really well on the podcast. <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's Kieran growling. Oh, yeah. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, so uh, Bill, carry on. <laughs> have the uh, have the Grinch stolen your Christmas this year, Kieran? Or uh, have you got any uh, any stories that you could share from your Christmas? Well, I was I was actually just sharing one with somebody else about um, a Christmas gamble that I made, and I was feeling I decided at one point to really embrace the spirit of Christmas and the the idea of giving. So I took a big risk. I had a guy who's, who'd got his bill, uh, and it was about a three hundred pound bill to be fair, and he was a bit of a he was a bit of a cheeky chappy. So we 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 kind of had a bit of a chat. We we're having a bit of a laugh, and I was like, "Dude, are you feeling lucky?" And he was looking at me. His first voice was a bit worried that this this like middle aged uh, rotund man is asking me if he's feeling lucky. Uh, I don't think he went that way, Phil. If I'm honest with you, but yeah, he's like, yeah, I am. I am feeling lucky. We, we'd got this table of about 15, 20 people of his family who'd all had this big Christmas lunch, and they were just everyone was kind of at that kind of food coma stage where they're all just a bit like, oh, done. I'm ready to go. But this guy was like, yes, he's in it. He's in it. So we did a gamble and uh, we, we did a flip of a coin. And I gave him best of three on whether I would pay his bill or whether he would pay his bill and a 30% tip to the team, which felt reasonable to me. And I, I was feeling audacious at this point, particularly uh, until just before I realized that his bill was, in fact, close to £300. Um, I should have checked that before I made the, uh, the gamble. So indeed. But we did a full best of three, flipped the coin. There was a gang. It was just a gang of people. And, and I've got this overriding memory of people kind of wrapped up in tinsel and various different bits of kind of Christmassy stuff, just kind of bearing them. You know, like when you're a kid in the playground and there was a ruckus in the playground and everybody would kind of circle around you and fight, it would be like, fight, exactly, fight. Yeah. exactly. But in a, in a slightly more positive and Christmassy way. Uh, and there's about 100 people in this restaurant, staff, guests, all just kind of leaning in by the time we got to the third flow. Uh, and this guy won. He was like, yeah, I ended up paying his bill because he won the third float. And I was like, boom, happy days for you. Then I was devastated. I was picking up his bill. But you know what? It felt like a good thing to do. It felt like a right thing to do. It's Christmas. Um, yeah, exactly. And ironically, the guy stood next to me uh, was my one of my deputy managers, a uh, lovely Nepalese boy who decided that actually his outfit for the day would be Santa. So as I was kind of doing this gamble. You were really giving. Coin, I was really giving, to be honest with you, which is unlike me. Uh, and Santa just uh, was just giving him a big hug uh, because he's like, he'd celebrated his winner Christmas. What, so, is, what is happy uh, Christmas in Nepalese? Genuinely, I do not know. I'll Google that while you're talking. We should find out. We should do that. Yeah. It's a great story, Kieran. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I, I feel like how, um, stuff. I love how Chris was trying to wrap you up since the moment you just started your story. <laughs> since I started talking, wasn't it? Yeah, just yeah. For those who Absolutely. Can't He's see. like, it's almost like, I've got a story. I've got a story. I've got a story. <laughs> Let me talk. I want to be heard. <laughs> Where there's other people coming to our house today to have a party. All right, then. Crack on. Yeah. Well, I'd actually, I actually, I think there's somebody at the door. I'm gonna. Oh. I'm just going to let them in. <laughs> And did, so who's it, who, who do we have at the door? And he's probably not going to be at his desk now. Hey! Mark's like, what the hell have I How are you? Good. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm loving the hat. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's Christmas. I don't know. Very good. Chris was just about to tell us a story, but before he does that, just uh, tell everybody who you are and where you are, Mark. So I'm calling in from Dubai, and my name is Mark Kirby, the head of hospitality for the Emo Hospitality Group. Love yes, and Mark, rugby playing extraordinaire from what I can see on your Instagram page. <laughs> a little bit, just a bit. Yeah, we had the rugby sevens. We had the rugby sevens weekend uh, this last weekend, so that was quite full on here in Dubai. Very good. Yeah, as it were. But anyway, that's not Christmas. So, Chris, off you go with your story. Mark, you'll have to endure this. You very kindly have arrived early. I'm, I'm but, uh, more than happy to. You let me in. Would you like? Yeah. Would you like a Christmas follow-on? No, I'm fine. Carry on. <laughs> that was a resounding no. No. <laughs> Take your olive on and put it somewhere else. Yeah. Yes, it did. Uh, so, oh, yes, Chris. 
Uh, yes. You've been I'll, itching I'll, to tell this story. I'll, I'm going to keep interrupting you so you can never I'll actually carry on it. Out. That'll be fine. Um, this is called The Unwanted House Guest. Back. Is that what your mum called you? <laughs> Stop it. I was running a restaurant in Leeds. I think it was Ask on Greek Street back in early. Oh, God. Uh, someone's nodding. Mark's nodding. You know it, Mark. But I was I running do. a restaurant yeah. on Greek Street back in the day. And um, we were a bit short on staff towards Christmas. So I hired a, a lovely girl called Jill. I'm going to call her Jill just in case oh, she hears this. And um, legal reasons. we were two weeks. Yeah, for legal reasons. We were two weeks out from getting away, and uh, she's great scouser. That's why I hired her because I'm also from there, and we just kind of hit it off really quick. And she was really high energy and great fun. And then we got to, uh, I suppose, three or four days before Christmas. And as the GM does, I decided to go home and let the guys finish off. So I said in my rucksack, I said, "Bye, guys. I'm going home for Christmas. Have a great time." And then Jill rocks up and says, "Where are you going?" I said, "I'm going home." And she went, "Oh, where? Liverpool?" And I was like, "Yeah." She goes, "Me too." She was in a uniform at the time. I was thinking, that's a bit strange because you're here. Uh, so she disappeared, came back with a rucksack, uh, changed. No case or anything, just her bag. And I was like, okay. She goes, let's go. So off we went. And I just said on the way out, I said, aren't you working the rest of Christmas? That's why I hired you. She went, no, I've swapped it all. And I was like, oh, okay, fine. So off we went to the station. Had a few drinks on the train back to Lime Street. Got off. <laughs> got off at Lime Street. My dad pulled up to pick me up. I was saying to her, I said, well, bye, Jill. Have a great Christmas. Don't really know you, but have a great time. And my dad said, oh, do you want a lift? And she was like, oh, yeah, I'd love a lift. And I was like, okay. She, he goes, where do you live? She goes, oh, bye, Chris. And he said, oh, right, on the Wirral then. And she's like, yeah, on the Wirral. So she got in the car and we drove back. And uh, we're all having fun in the car, chatting. We've had a few beers, so we're quite merry. Not my dad, he's driving. That's illegal. Uh, and, <laughs> and my dad just says oh, why don't you come in and have a drink and meet Chris's mum and the family? And she's like, oh, I'd love that. And I was like, okay, it's still a bit weird. Let's do it. So she comes in and we're chatting away um, and she meets my mum and uh, my mum's very uh, friendly to everybody. Any strays, waste or strays, she's happy to have them in the house. And <laughs> and then she just turns around at the dinner table and says, oh, my mum and dad have gone on holiday. And I was like, okay, why is this my problem? And she's like, oh, because I've got nowhere to stay. And I was like, oh, okay. And, I was, and then my mum just literally in an instant said, stay here. Just stay here. <laughs> and I was thinking, mum. Anyway, so at this point, my mum doesn't know that I only just hired this girl two weeks ago. So she ends up staying the night, and uh, which is all very odd. I run in the kitchen after she went to go and settle herself down for the night and said to mum, what are you doing? And she's like, she's like, what? Isn't it your girlfriend? I'm like, no, I don't even know her. I hired her two weeks ago. She got in the car. She goes, well, why is she here? I went, dad brought her here. I wasn't, it's nothing to do with me. So anyway, so she stayed the night. Next day she got up and it was all getting a bit odd. And I kind of sat there and she said, what are we doing today? And I was like, I don't know. I was kind of hoping for you to say you were leaving, um, but she didn't. And she kind of knocked around for the day. And then just towards the end of the day, she was really transfixed on her phone and getting messages and whatnot. And I, and I don't know what was going on, but she suddenly just grabbed a bag and went, right, I'm okay. I've got to go. And we were like, okay. So she left, a car picked her up and she disappeared and she never came back to work. I never saw her again. She is alive. She's on Facebook. I, I watch her daily just to ensure <laughs> she's not watching me. Uh, but yeah, that was Jill. And um Jill, wherever you are, um, I hope you enjoyed the mince pies and the mold, <laughs> but never call me again. I mean, can we just un can we just unpeel a few points from within that story? I mean, I'm gonna first of all, you, you your leadership example where he gets to Christmas two days before Christmas, and Chris has left his team to it, Thank and you. he's gone home to go and enjoy have a good time with his family. Shocking leadership, questionable. Uh, it's, de it's this delegation, delegation. Uh, yes, for sure. Uh, you've employed this girl who's clearly a bit random. A scouser. Just because she's scouser, yeah. Fair that was my hiring policy back in the day. No, I mean, no, it was clearly successful for you because you ended up with a weirdo living in your mum's living room. <laughs> no, no, no. It was a, yeah, it was a fun time. But once you've reached the pinnacle of GM, you can do what you want, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Room. Do you want me to edit that out, Chris? <laughs> no, no, keep it in. That's not the first time you said it. All the GMs it. listening, no. you know, pick your own rotor. Anyway, Indeed. yeah, that was yeah. my story. Absolutely.
Well, no, very good. Very good. I think it's definitely better than, well, is it better than your last one? Last one involved the police. Oh, oh, was that the, the, the Blue Planet Aquarium story? Yes, I believe so. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, but I, I really edited that down. That was really. Um... I'm going to give him a solid seven <laughs> on that story. I'll be honest with you. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The last yeah. one involved police and stuff. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't good. Yeah, that uh, was definitely a ten. That one. It was but a very anyway. good story, but one for probably not on air. Mm, yes, um, yeah, for sure. Certainly the no. full version. Yes, indeed. <laughs> well, Mark, as you're the uh, the only guest in the house at the moment, do you do you want to just go go with your story? Well, I can do it, but I'm 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 rather jealous because the the background before was <laughs> much better than my background, quite frankly, right now. Oh, don't encourage them. To be fair, though, Mark, you're in Dubai with the sunshine, and uh, we're in central London where it's cold and bleak. In a room full of table tennis tables that you can't see. This is actually the game, the games room in our office. Oh, you 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 cho- oh, obviously you chose the right you chose the right corner to be in. Then <laughs> it's the only corner that you would be in. But yeah, <laughs> right. I should have chosen something a bit more, you know, a bit more fun. Anyway, um, no, I'm out here in Dubai and I've been out here 16 years now. But um, when I first came out here, sort of I escaped all of the sort of the Christmas stuff that comes on at this time of the year to my sort of relief. And I thought that's what I thought it would be. I thought I'd be out here, you know, a little bit of beach, you know, nice sunny weather, enjoying myself and not having to worry about, you know, mince pies and Christmas trees and um, and, and Santa Claus. Did I get it wrong? Because I actually joined a, a resort that was, um, and I won't mention the resort, <laughs> uh, but um, I joined one of the one of the prestigious I, I know the resort here. And he knows the resort. But <laughs> I tell you what, at Christmas time, they actually have the biggest Christmas trees you've ever seen in your life. Life bigger than practically Trafalgar Square, and you know the resort is all absolutely no, 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 absolutely. This is Dubai after all, but you know we absolutely you know decorated the resort. We had the full activity program. Probably about eighty percent of the guests are from the UK, so they're expecting everything from you know the turkey and everything else. So you know obviously you're entertaining up to about three hundred kids at Christmas time. So we've got the full activity program on, and the big, big, big event of the year is always going to be how uh, Santa Claus arrives in the resort. And we've done we've done multiple things before with you know open top Ferraris, and we thought that this year let's do a little bit more traditional and let's bring Santa in and in a in a, in a sort of pretty much a cultural way but uh, with a with a modern twist to it so we got we got organized we got planning and we thought it would be all pretty cool to actually have santa claus coming in uh, on a parasail behind a boat so that all the kids could follow him along the beach and see him going up and down the parasail so we had a we had a we had a really great recreation guy at the time who was into you know all sorts of sports and you know he was a bit of a you know, a bit of a crazy guy. So we put him on the back of the parasail in a Santa Claus outfit um, and off he went down the beach. It was all going very well. So all the kids are saying, oh, Santa Claus is coming in. (laughs) And we saw Santa Claus going around on the parasail, brings him in further down the beach so we thought right we have to swap him out now because we have to then bring him down to the kids level you can't get him off the parasail onto the beach just like that so we had the, the dummy santa uh, the next santa claus was ready and waiting behind sort of the you know, brassy fencing uh, on the back of a camel so off off the boat disappears into the distance and then uh, the second santa claus comes in on his camel down the beach so we're getting we're like right this is really working and we're loving this whole story so along comes camel along comes santa claus and we we bring him in and he's full of his bags and he comes up into the resort and all the kids are 
screaming and running behind the camel as we sort of take it into its main position where we're going to offload Santa and then he can start to give out gifts and stuff. And, you know, t- typical British parents, you know, they're, they're, they're loving all of this. They're seeing the, kitchen, the kids enjoy themselves. I can hear at the corner of my ear one of the fathers grumbling along saying, yeah, but you know what? The Santa Claus was white on the parasol and this Santa Claus has got brown <laughs> skin. So, <laughs> And I'm like going... And I'm sitting there going, well, shut up, shut up. This is Christmas. The kids are enjoying it. <laughs> in my mind, I'm thinking five-star resort. I will try not to swear at the guest and tell him just to shut his mouth, you know. And I'm just thinking, you know, we do things to such a great level, but, you know, actually thinking that, you know, okay, white to brown, <laughs> does it really matter? Absolutely not. But, you Dude, know, the fact is... That, you he know, flew close to the sun. Super- <laughs> Exactly, yeah, but the level of the level of detail you go to, and then one of the one of the parents has to actually pick out the fact that you know you've changed over some. So I just thought it was absolutely a blinder. What to do? Fantastic. Well, so welcome to the world we of five star. You can do five everything star that you beach can resorts. to make something spectacular, and somebody will also always find the fact that you're. Well, it's Santa always, it, usually, and, and I can been... and I can say it because I'm Brit- I can say it because I'm British, but it's always the British that like to point out certain you know aspects where yeah. you've slightly gone you know not quite right. <laughs> I like the anyway, that Santa though. I mean, the worst thing about that yeah, story the, is that the, there are in fact two Santas, which made me really sad. I only thought it was one. So <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> don't just... don't let it out there. Please don't <laughs> tell anyone, brother mate. <laughs> That's it. I can't I can't bring this podcast out in the public domain. No. I think a lot of the guests are running late. Is there a train strike on or something like that today? I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, Mark, if you are in need of a Santa for the future, I mean, whilst, yes, we've already acknowledged the fact I'm a bit of a Christmas Grinch, I'm a fat lad with a beard uh, who wouldn't mind a trip to Dubai. So if you find yourself thinking, you know what? So all you mean all, exp- all expenses paid, flights, Emirates? Yeah, you can call uh... him Council Santa. <laughs> <laughs> Council Estate Santa, classy. Yeah, right. I'm not sure that's five star enough for him, if I'm honest with you. But... He'd probably well, accept economy, though, Mark. What? Okay, yeah. well, I might just make it happen then. <laughs> I would not accept economy, FYI. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm more than that, Phil. I will not have that. Very good. Yes. Well, I don't know where our guests are. But anyway, thank you very much, Mark. You're welcome to stay for the party, which is going off big style at the moment. Or, that's that's uh, very kind of you, but I will excuse myself. I just, you know, it's, it's nice to see you. Yes, you good too. Good to see that you've actually got the hat on there. I've got an awful filthy cold from the rugby seven. I was going to say, you, you sound a, a little bit rough, but um, I don't want to say that. Yeah, so I'm, hurry, I'm sorry. Well, oh, thank you very much. Yeah, enjoy the party. You sound rough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Lovely to meet you, Mark. You yeah, nice to meet you, Mark. Happy Christmas. Nice, to, nice to meet you too. Have a good, have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Cheers, Mark. Bye-bye. Bye. Take care. Bye bye. What yeah, about your Christmas story, Phil? What have you got to yeah, tell us? Tell us a story, Phil. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, can't have a Christmas special without a story about poo, right? That was uh, what's what I deduced from the last Christmas special that we did. Yeah. Were you um, poo last time as well? I, I didn't have a poo story last time, but everybody's oh. got a poo Wasn't story. Wasn't that Kay Nichols? No, it was um, it was that <laughs> lovely lady. It was the scouser. It was Kelly Rickson. It was Kelly Rickson, wasn't no, it? No, it wasn't. It was uh, Haley, Haley Connor. Oh yes, it was Haley. Oh, is that the door? Well, hi, Mitch. Welcome to the party. Just Good about, morning. I've just about Hello, to Mitchell, regale nice a tale about poo, so Mar- you're coming Mitchell. at exactly the right time. About poo? About poo, yes. <laughs> yes. He's like, I told I was coming on a Christmas podcast, <laughs> goddammit. Yes. I, I yeah. could sense him going, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm sure you said poo then, but you couldn't have. Yeah. But when I worked on the cruise ship, so I had a, a stint as light manager, which frankly is the greatest job known to man on a cruise ship. If you want to see life happen, 
being on nights in an environment where nobody can get off and do anything is quite an eye-opener. But anyway, in amongst all of the stories, at Christmas time, this is exactly what I wanted. It was Christmas Eve. This has actually happened on Christmas Eve. And the reason I remember this is because my uh, it was my father-in-law that told me this story back to me on our wedding day. Not his, his and I wedding day, his Strange. daughter. And um, it was all around uh, the fact that the, his first meeting with me was me explaining to him that I had to go and deal with something, as he puts it, unmentionable. Now, that unmentionable was uh, I'd had a report that in the ladies' toilet, somebody had had a poo in the middle of the ladies' toilet. Oh. Yeah, and it wasn't uh, it wasn't such a... I'm not going to go into too much depth on this. I don't think that'll... That's Thank probably the a Lord. ...way to... Um, clear out some listeners but it wasn't the sort of poo that you would consider uh, oh I didn't quite make it it was fully formed and um yeah so that was uh Christmas Eve Is 20 2000 <laughs> I told you it's a filler story still waiting on all the guests to arrive filling what Phil what are you filling <laughs> Jesus yeah. anyway Mitchell hi we're yes. Christian We'll edit that bit out, Mitchell. Don't worry about it. It's no one needs I was going to gonna say, story. Phil, I had a bit of better expectations for your poo story, but um, <laughs> great. Well, I'm now the uh, outcast at my own party. <laughs> I mean, there was a moment when party. I was thinking we were you talking about Winnie the Pooh here. Well, you and I have history with Winnie the Pooh. We do. Indeed. Hang on. Yep. Let's just wind that back. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, no, there's, not, there's not much to this. The, the, there was a line in the uh, when Mitch came on the show. There was a line uh, around the fact that we we both had aspirations to get uh, Raymond Blanc into a Winnie the Pooh outfit. That's okay, basically. Yeah. That's really oh, precise. That, that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Well, Mitch, Mitch used to work at Le Manoir, but perhaps. Mitch, why don't you regale us with your story? Why don't you save this podcast, Mitch? <laughs> Please, Mitchell, save it. Um, well, basically, it was the fact that Raymond Blanc used to get dressed up for the Christmas parties and used to come with, you know, really like French musketeer outfits with feathers. And, you know, it was, he, he did a pretty good job with it. Now, I described working at Le Manoir like working at Disneyland for adults in a sense that. The Magic Kingdom of Disney World for children is this awe-inspiring, you know, the children arrive, it's all magic, and, you know, it's a very special place for children. And I described Le Manoir as being the equivalent to adults. You know, they arrive, they're already in awe, they're already amazed, they're already, you know, they feel the magic. And I said, it does, though, set an expectation, because if something tiny goes wrong, the whole magic is ruined. And the illusion of what we were what we were there to do is ruined. Um, the one this sounds like a really system. wonderful setup, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> the one element, though, that we're missing were the characters. Uh, and I said, you know, I'll probably be Peter Pan. Um, and I think then Phil said that he was then really keen to see Roman Blanc dress up as Winnie the Pooh to to be there to greet the guests at Le Manoir. And I said, you know what, I could possibly wing that and, and get him to do it because um, oh. it is probably something that he would he would do for a Christmas party. But I since then left and, and I don't really have the connections. I mean, I still got his number. You know, I might drop him a text and and, and ask how he's Maybe doing and would he fancy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you should, there's a conversation starter waiting to happen before you go in with, will you dress no. up with the poo for me, please? Right straight on. in. Raymond. 
I hope you're having a great festive period. I hope the Christmas carol concerts have gone great. Is there any chance you'll dress up as Winnie the Pooh for me? And video it for me, please. I reckon his answer <laughs> yeah. would be absolutely yes. Absolutely say, yes. But uh, why, why do I need to do this? Got it. It's in the room then. Is he here? That was remarkable, <laughs> wasn't it? How long did you work for him? Because I feel like you've just like you've really just drawn him into you there. That was like uh, I worked long enough for Roman Blanc that I was no longer called Mon Petit, which is what he calls everybody. And then I, I was actually called Michel. Funny story as well, actually, uh, working with French people is I've recently started recruiting from a Swiss French speaking hotel school. And they have recently changed Leon. their job Leon. platform. Uh, not clear. No, no, I do other, have other schools from... do exist. <laughs> yeah, they do. Uh, they're world. from uh, e EHL, actually. Um, but I do have an intern from Gleon, and I'm going to Gleon tomorrow, actually, to do a guest lecture. But no, so they moved our job advert from their old platform to their new platform just recently. Now, my surname is Collier. Now, when I first joined Phil's first podcast, he did it very, very exquisite when he was Collier. And I was like, it's not quite as glamorous as it sounds. It is a traditional miner's name, actually. It's from the Midlands. And they translated my job advert from Mitchell Collier, People Operations Manager, to Mitchell Necklace, People Operations Manager. Is that what because it means? Collier in French is Necklace. So my email I've address got your first name translated. Not <laughs> <laughs> that was genuinely funny. Well, bye, Christopher. That was, that was a good one. Um, so I then had to reach out to this hotel school and say, hey, would you mind actually correcting the um, translation that you've done on this new platform? My, my surname isn't Necklace. It's actually Collier, which is uh, an English surname uh, and not Necklace. <laughs> Very good. Yes. And um, that happened at Christmas, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. Just say yes. Uh, oh, is that my Christmas story? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you... my, my Christmas story is about an, an undisclosed location. Somebody's, there's so, I think there's somebody at the door. Uh, well, I did. I did admit oh. them, but they've run away. There was a, somebody did knock on, knock and run away. Knock and run. There we, there we are. Unbelievable. Uh, a digital knock and run. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Carry on with your anyway, yes. story. Knock then. it all run. A virtual knock it all run. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes. Anyway, anyway go, go with your story, Mitch. So I, I was saying, uh, you know, a hotel that I used to work at. I worked at a numerous amount of different hotels, so I won't disclose which one it was. But the the guests I on Christmas, we used to get the same guests. I'm not telling you. Um, the guests used to come every year, the same ones. And one year, we recently changed our PMS, our property management system, from one system to another. And we changed the booking policy. Originally, it used to be no more than 12 months ahead. So the Christmas guests that used to stay used to get kind of advanced booking ability. So then they'd request their rooms they'd always have. And one year, we forgot to turn it off. We didn't turn it off when we changed the PMS. And we weren't then able to offer the guests their rooms that they always normally have. So we literally had a mutiny of guests in one of the lounges where all of the guests congregated in the lounge and were talking about how they're going to overthrow the booking system and just rock up next year, expecting to be given their rooms. Now you can imagine from a hotel perspective, we're outnumbered by these guests, you know, if they want to What's take us on. in France, Mitchell? Because they, they, they never uh, no comment. And I have never actually been terrified of guests before until this point where I had literally families within the reception area demanding that we cancel these other people or they'll never step foot in the hotel again if we don't let them have their rooms again next year. You can imagine me, you know, this is like Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. I'm trying to stay festive and trying to be merry. 
And I've literally got a reception full of guests rising up in a revolution about overthrowing the hotel <laughs> and demanding that we cancel these other guests because they don't have the right to to book their rooms because it's their rooms for Christmas. Is that what's um, known as a, a hotel coup? It was a hotel coup. Yeah. I've never experienced one before. <laughs> never experienced one since. And I was genuinely, genuinely terrified. Did they get their rooms? Did you fold? I think... I think some of them got rooms that they uh, really yeah, we, we compromised and you know we upgraded and we moved around and you know someone got a suite if they, you know even if they weren't paying for it kind of thing so um yeah it was it was that's a challenge but we did it which will just give me an idea next time we're at the premier inn that's what we're going to do or the house tonight but, but let me just clarify though we're enough. talking about 40 or 50 guests in the reception area on christmas day boxing day banging on the desk i'm sat there like <laughs> You know, Merry trying to get a hold Christmas. of somebody to say, <laughs> just have a mince and calm down. The guests are revolting. Yeah, they absolutely were so as well, weren't they? Yeah. In so many ways. Yeah. So that was my festive Christmas story about okay. guests. PTSD. I mean, I know I, I hate Christmas now. I just think back to that day every time. Welcome just to the all show, these guests. Yeah, yeah. Man, you're, you're with Kieran, also hates Christmas. I love um, it. But since then, I've had some wonderful, fabulous Christmas experiences in hotels. We invited a competitor hotel across the road over for Christmas lunch because their star food was chili con carne on Christmas Day. And I said, not happening. You can come over. We invited all of their staff over to our hotel and they had, you know, turkeys and all the trimmings for their Christmas lunch. Did you have a game um, of football afterwards as well, Mitchell, as part of the truce? It, uh, for, for for the sake of the story, let's say yes, we did. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. It was, it was FIFA. On this. Yeah, we we got the we got the games consoles out. And we um, played a bit of FIFA and Fortnite. Other games are available. Yes, very good. And I like what you did there as well. You 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 came in with a negative story, let's say, and then just rounded it off with a warm and fuzzy yeah. Christmas yeah. feeling. And like you. The festive spirit came in and we invited a whole bunch of hotel people from a competitor hotel over and uh, had Christmas lunch with them. Fantastic. See, that is a beautiful thing. That That's the power of hospitality, you know what I mean? We put our differences exactly. to one side and we draw our... I'm not letting them have chilli con carne on Christmas Day. You're having a laugh. To be fair, though, Mitchell, I will be having pizza for Christmas lunch. Just right. so if you, fancy, you want to come over to the hotel and we get turkey and trimmings. That, was the, I mean... that was the whole reason he just said I'm having pizza, isn't it? It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You reeled it out there. I took the bait, and now I've got you all for Christmas. And already booked. <laughs> I mean, I would say just be ready. I'm coming. <laughs> uh, um, nice one. Well, thank you so much for having me. You're very, very welcome. You're welcome to stick around and enjoy the party. I have uh, Christmas volivants. Which nobody seems to want. So, um, or you, or you're free to go. It's very tempting, Phil. And I, uh, but I do have some deliverables to do before the end of the year. Deliverables, so, yeah. Deliverables. Oh. I wish yeah. our team yeah. were that focused on the deliverables. Yeah. I'll be honest with They're you. Okay, yeah. Deliveroo. They really do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a shame I can't get these deliverables on Deliveroo. Uh, it would save uh, save me some uh, stress at the moment. Have but, a merry um, Christmas, mate. Nice to meet you. Thank you so much. I look forward to seeing you all on Christmas Day in the hotel, queuing up for the turkey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just drop great. your uh, drop your address in the email, and we'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do. Love to you, Mitchell. Great to speak Merry to Christmas, you. Merry Christmas, Mitch. Merry Christmas. Bye. Bye. Oh, and there's somebody at the door. Oh, my voice. Hello, Yannis. <laughs> Hello, Yannis. Oh, have you got oh, security oh. detail with you? You literally look like you're protecting someone. <laughs> 
uh, I will have to use my little uh, what the men in black uh, <laughs> <call>. <laughs> my little Christmas forget me not thingy. Um, <laughs> no, I'm actually. What happened is I brought all my gear with me. I had a wonderful Christmas hat with little white what you call them, you know, the the little Danish girl type balls. Yeah, I was going to wonderful. But we've been moving. I'm in Cyprus. We're doing some validations with some colleges and moving from one building to the next. I did warn them I was going to take a break for 10 minutes because I owe Phil and now Phil owes me. Uh, <laughs> in the in the Christmas spirit of giving gifts, here's my gifts to you, Phil. Um, uh, are you going to get your um, ukulele out again, Giannis? I, well, this is the thing. Because I'm not home, um, the sun out there is shining. And these are, believe it or not, are also prescription glasses. So if I don't, if I'm not wearing them, I cannot see you, which could be a good thing. <laughs> no, I'm not only kidding. Wow. To be fair, no, Jane no. has just jumped on the call, and she's definitely kind of uh, lifted the glamour as she always does. There's no getting around it. Yeah, we. Yes. Although I don't, I'm not even sure she can hear us at the moment, but um, she can't. But... but it's a reality. Jane, are you there? No, she's not there. Yeah, not there. I Chris, am, I'm you... here. Oh, you are, you are, you are. Can <laughs> you hear us, Chris? Yes, I can. Hi. Excellent. Yes, we've had uh, a, a, an influx at the party at last. The, nice. Um, yeah, we've had a couple of people not actually make it, oh. as I was saying, it's probably the train strikes. But um, Chris, I think you were up next. Um, oh, no problem. Do you want to, uh, well, tell the world who you are and then get crack on with your story? Thank you, Phil. I am Chris Wayne Wills. I am the chief executive of Career Hotels here in uh, in sunny Scotland today. I'm uh, actually joining the party digitally from Nairn today at our wonderful Golf View Hotel, which is nice. So, um, yeah, my story, this is, this, Phil, is a story, it's a Christmas story that's decades old, in fact. I would caveat that to start off with. And it is um, literally from the tales of the ghost of Christmas past, shall we say. So I was working in a hotel. practice, Chris. I'm already excited. I was, uh, I was working in a hotel which, for legal reasons, shall remain unnamed they, in they a city that... They are, aren't they? Like, Mitch was the same as well before. And Mark. Legal oh, reasons. Mark. And Mark. It's, yeah. uh, well, it's, it's, it's a hotel and a city that shall remain unnamed. And um, I was wow. running a Christmas party for a large company, which should probably also remain unnamed. Uh, so at the Christmas party, a right load of detail and context that really just embedding it. I'll be honest with you. It's, it, we're, we're, we're slowly getting there. So at the Christmas party, I knew who the senior people in the company were and the party went well. No issues at all. Wham's last Christmas on repeat and silver service turkey in complete abundance. So we, we ticked every box. Every box was ticked. But around 1030 uh, that night, I observed a senior, relatively mature director of said company, making his way upstairs with a junior, younger, attractive female colleague. Uh -oh. Now, I don't think they were heading upstairs to discuss the merits of the office secret Santa, but all discreet hoteliers know that one must, of course, never judge, and I wish the pair of them in my mind a Merry Christmas and a full stocking. <laughs> um, we skip it's forward in my slightly sordid tale to approaching the end of my duty management shift. It was about one o'clock in the morning and um, I was at reception and I observed a, uh, a chauffeur driven car arrive at the front of the hotel with a very glamorous older lady with the door open for her. And this very glamorous older lady made her way to the hotel reception where she very politely asked our reception team for the room number of her husband. Oh, God. 
I fortunately made the connection that her husband was indeed the gentleman I had seen making his way upstairs with the junior colleague. Now, it of course did cross my mind that the senior director and his junior colleague were potentially discussing the merits of whether the bounty should be removed from the box of celebrations. But I thought <laughs> there was a strong possibility that they might be indulged in a more adult festive activity, shall we say. So I uh, did the correct thing. Potentially, potentially. Yeah, yeah. So I did the correct thing and I telephoned the gentleman's room to announce the guest and seek his permission to give his wife his room number and also give her access to the lift. When I called the room, he, he made a sound, slightly high-pitched squealing that would probably only be recognised by a fairly intuitive reindeer, I think it would be fair to say, as some form of, of guidance. But um, I very slowly and in a considered way tapped at the reception computer telling her, his wife, that he was in room five, two, <laughs> one, <laughs> and gave her access to the lift and she made her way upstairs. I thought nothing else of it and hoped that uh, no festive upset had been caused because, frankly, the ghost of Christmas future looked like it could deliver a fairly expensive divorce. Um, but one of the last tasks in this particular hotel for a duty manager to perform was in fact a, a floor walk for fire safety. Um, and at about two o'clock in the morning, I was walking from floor to floor, checking fire exits. And we had some settees in the lift lobbies of this hotel on the floors. As I stumbled upon said junior female colleague asleep naked on one of the settees in the corridor. Now, um, she was doing a tremendous impression of the baby Jesus, literally not wearing a stitch, curled up in a little ball asleep on a settee. Um, she had perhaps, I assumed, been hastily ejected from the room that she was in for her, shall we say, Christmas debriefing. Um, so I used my radio walkie-talkie, which does date my conversation slightly, but I used my radio walkie-talkie and asked for a female colleague and a blanket and averted my gaze for a time. So with the assistance of our team, she was put back to her room that she was actually meant to be sleeping in. But there was a twist in the tale, as is often the case at this time of year. The next morning at around 11 a.m. at checkout time, she presented herself at reception looking for certain items of lost property. And I was called by the reception team because actually I was back at work for a Christmas lunch and they were aware that I'd been involved in, shall we say, the incident. And I went to speak to her. She didn't recognize me from the night before. But the fact that struck me was that um, she was, in fact, only looking for a sparkly party dress and a pair of party shoes. And the devil in me did insist on saying, did you lose anything else? And she very, very purposely said, no, I was just wearing just a dress and a pair of party shoes <laughs> that she had in fact lost in the room that perhaps she wasn't meant to be in, which obviously caused a bit of confusion because the room was in fact over a flat roof. If the gentleman had thrown the belongings out of the window as he perhaps invited her to leave his room, uh, we we would we'd never found them. Housekeeping never found them. So I could have only concluded that, in fact, he did um, put her missing items in his own suitcase to take them home to perhaps return to her in some type of walk of shame style in the new year. But um, everyone left happy and we had a jolly nice Christmas. And that is the end of my slightly sordid festive tale. My word. And festive very well. Are always, the good ones are always a little bit sordid, I think. To be uh, yeah. A little bit seedy. I'm afraid and no divorce. Say, yes. Uh, not that I ever got called as a witness for, no. Right. So, <laughs> which was How many no times bad. have you had people come into lost property looking for dignity? <laughs> well, that's the line of the day. 
it was it was a little bit like that. It really was. But yeah, it was the name of the gentleman um, Rudolph. <laughs> not sure if he had a red nose, but yeah, I never saw him leave, which was the other interesting thing. But uh, she Aha. certainly was was was, was fairly weekend. brazen, <laughs> fairly brazen about her request for her sparkly shoes and her dress. Yes, but this is absolutely decades ago, and but it was certainly quite uh, certainly forms the opinion of a young of a young junior manager at the time. I can tell you. Yeah, yeah. And so, if you never oh. saw him left, do we have to escalate this from a divorce to a murder case? Yeah, <laughs> murder, murder, murder. <laughs> well, it's, in fact, it's uh, yeah, it, yeah. There's been a murder, as yeah. they say. But, very uh, good, yeah. fantastic, nice, nice one. You're, well, you're very welcome to to stick around. I've been trying to shift these Christmas volivons, but nobody wants one. Um, you're welcome to stick around, or you're also welcome to. To scoot off. I'm, I'm I'm going to have to drive from sunny Nairn to sunny Edinburgh, unfortunately, for a, a tourism industry dinner that I must attend this evening. But um, so I will I will take my purple quality street that you undoubtedly saved for me as the as the best one in the box and wish you all a very merry Christmas. I've got all the yeah, it's a beautiful spot. You're a very lucky man. It's a beautiful place. I am I indeed. Had yeah. Chef from Nairn. He was a hell of a dude. Hell of a chap. There's some there's some great people up here. It's uh yeah, it's just good people to work with. And uh yeah, we have a little uh, it is that time of year where you're sort of begrudgingly invited to many festive events and opportunities to chat with people. So which is part of the pleasure, I suppose. We we get to enjoy ourselves and, and see some other people. And and I think I'm on turkey dinner number six, and it's only the sixth of December. So Excellent. probably gives you a gives you an idea. Thank you very much. Yeah. Lovely to see you all. Merry Christmas to all. Yeah, and congrats on all the work you're doing for Scotland, by the way, in terms of the raising its profile in uh, in Parliament and the like. I mean, in hospitality, by the way, guys, not uh, just generally. Freedom! Think... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we're, we're really fortunate up here and, and we've got good collaboration between different parties in the agency. So, yeah, it's a really positive time to be up here. Nice. Good. Good. Thanks, Phil. Catch Thanks, you Chris. soon. Nice to meet bye. you all. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. Nice Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Yannis just shout freedom. <laughs> yes. You will never <laughs> take. <laughs> he did. Do you want me to go? Because uh, yeah. I have yes, to go. Yes, got to go and do a security detail. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> shall, shall, I, shall I put my... Uh... <laughs> right back in the mix. If I look yeah. close enough, I can actually see you. Right. This yes. takes us back. Am I supposed to put a Scottish accent now? You yes, can please. Oh, yes. yes. Um, let me find my the Sean Connery in me. <laughs> right, lads. It's the year 2000. I'm going to drop the Scottish accent because it yeah, yeah. sounds something you, like... I was going to say, you, you couldn't find the Scottish accent then. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're going back to the Millennium Bag times, right? I, of course, now have long flowing hair. 2000. No, I didn't have any. I, I lost my hair before that. Anyway, the, the media are going on and on about the Millennium Bag. I've got my sister from Australia calling me, telling me, have you stocked up with water and food in your fridge? Because it's the end of the world. <laughs> so You really uh, bought into Y2K, didn't she? <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't. My family did. Well, uh, you're a sensible man. The devastation is going to be caused by the, uh, the bag and everything else. So on the one hand, everybody's stocking up on, on food and water and, and what have you. I'm, I'm a young lad and uh, I don't care much about that. And I'm too busy with... Uh, the hotel work. Uh, so the hoteliers in London, uh, I did say the city now because it's important. It's a microcosm over there and they're expecting fully booked hotels. Okay. Crazy uh, beverage revenues because of the parties. I have no idea why they thought of this and they put pretty much every hotel I can remember put uh, rack rates, the maximum legal uh, uh, they could charge 
and they overpriced all the big uh, events. I have no idea why they misinterpreted what would happen by the public uh, because the public was still scared of the millennium bag and the media was doing all their fear mongering as they, they do. So it was certain that guests were gonna stay at their homes rather than risk it and, and come into big cities in, in hotels. All of us who worked on the ground could see it. We could see the signals, uh, management, directors thought otherwise. So at the time, I was a reservations manager for a hotel chain that will not be named. <laughs> I'll, I'll continue Again. the trend. Again. Somebody name uh, a name, please. A number of uh, London-based hotels, of course. And my job is I'm advertising packages that were comprised of uh, premium you know, five-star hotel rooms, uh, top theater tickets, champagne, chocolate, the rest of it. And because of the millennium, we had parties as well. So as the months progressed closer to the millennium, reservations were really slowing down, <laughs> completely dead, beyond the hopes of, of the directors of the company. So we now have to start moving all the guest reservations from all those hotels to one or two properties. And we're giving, in the spirit of Christmas, we're giving days off to, to staff from all those properties, which is fantastic for the staff. But imagine now moving a large number of uh, reservations from multiple hotels into one or two properties. How many suites does one uh, hotel have compared to say 10 or 15? We had a lot of reservations. I was doing premium packages. So for a lot of staff, it was their first ever Christmas holiday, which was a good thing. But uh, for us, it meant huge headaches, headaches beyond what we could imagine. So here we are with limited number of suites trying to fit everybody. Uh, we tried to move some of the junior suites into larger rooms. But of course, you can imagine what happened when uh, the guests who went to see those rooms and they compared to what they originally uh, paid for, they have the insult to injury where somebody in operations at the hotels that remained open had the great idea of reducing the Christmas party event to half price and put notes and posters everywhere in the hotel. So the original customers who booked months in advance now were going down there and seeing that others are paying half the money they paid for. for uh... oh, anyway, long story short, I had to spend the post-Christmas period. I had no Christmas that year, but the post-Christmas period was worse, resolving <laughs> huge number of complaints. But within all, all this, here comes the Christmas period. One complaint letter, <laughs> one particular one, got me by surprise even back in 2000 because it was the most beautiful handwritten letter from an elderly lady describing her adventures. And she had such a wonderful way of describing the events that by the end of reading that letter, I had to call her personally and give her not only a full refund, but I gave her an extra free long weekend in one of our best suites at our best hotels best theater tickets. I think it was uh, the early days of the Lion King back then. It was one of the top shows, one of the most expensive ones, all expenses paid by us. That turned her into a loyal customer for years. And she wrote me and my team a wonderful handwritten letter again in this beautiful calligraphic way of hers. And to this day, I still hold this letter in my folder with all my degrees and certificates. And you made me realize, Phil, when I recounted the story that that was the time where I shifted from industry. My thoughts were, you know what, I had enough. I'm going to shift into academia. So to this day, I still have this 
letter and to me is as an important certificate as my PhD. Merry that. Christmas. That's a beautiful thing. <laughs> I'm going to write a letter to Spence. Yeah, uh, in I, beautiful I, handwriting. Get a free night. I, was I don't think, you're gonna, I don't think, I don't think that's going to qualify my PhD. Getting a letter from you, but let's see how we get on. <laughs> we'll both send you one, Spence. It'll be fine. We'll yeah. get you there. Go on, let's do it. Nice one, young. Yeah, the pictures. Keeping keep your head when all those around you are losing their marbles. I was going to say something else there, but anyway. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting we're worried about the language you're going to use on the call. Is that, you know I didn't yeah, that no, not at all. I probably know that you're here for for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Half an hour of just be. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, it can but, be done. Uh, no, thank you so much, Janice. Uh, if you need to to jump off and get back to as Chris get says, your security detail. <laughs> I shall, uh, we have a couple of aliens to uh, to organize a Christmas party with. Merry Christmas. Goodbye. Right, Jane. Sorry, Paul. We've been trying to get Jane to tell her story since ha- about half 11. Sorry, right. can I you hear me? Get, no, hear me now. Yeah. About half 11 last Wednesday, it feels like. I'm <laughs> borrowing an office and the Wi-Fi is terrible, but I've just gone and tortured them into giving me some other code. And I that think that man who came to the door and went back again? Is he, is he okay? He wept slightly. No, he's crying. There was a tear in his eyes. I could see it. I also, I also love the fact that most people borrow like a kettle or something like that. And you, you, you borrow an office. You're so grand. <laughs> Not really. I just know a lot of people like all of you, you know? Yeah. We Absolutely. We borrowed room, but yeah. Anyway. So do, you, do you want me to tell this story? Yes, do it. Let's do it. Because <laughs> you're probably already oh. late for your next meeting. But anyway. <laughs> Whatever. It's fine. So when I came out of hotels and because I got married and I thought, oh, I'm going to leave hotels now. I'm going to go and work in contract catering because maybe the hours will be a bit better. Moved to London, got a job running the catering in a massive Scandinavian bank. Loads of money, wine cellar like you've never seen. Fantastic. A whole suite of directors, dining rooms, gorgeous, you know, no budget. They were, you know, they'd they'd order a box of, uh, you know, artichokes just to get four artichoke bottoms. You know, it was quite ridiculous. Anyway, back in the day. And I used to have this really, really demanding client who, you know, I'm a pretty organized person and I used to try and organize everything beautifully. And then we'd just get all these, you know, last minute requests. And obviously you just have to do it, don't you? Because these are directors of a huge bank and they're all hugely powerful. A bit like the we need a dozen lobster picnics to go to Lords by lunchtime phone call at nine o'clock on a Monday. One of those, you know. Anyway, so oh, when Christmas yeah, when Christmas yeah. are coming up, just this week. I, I, I sat down my there you go. I sat down with my client and said, Right, this is this is first of September. So, you know, we've got three months now to plan everything. Let's go through absolutely everything. We want it to be a, perfect perfect and I did say to her look you know it'd be really great not to get any last minute requests because it's Christmas and chefs are up against it anyway the day before everything's supposed to kick off for the Christmas celebration she rings down and says I would like a giant gingerbread house to be built in the restaurant so it's like a froze for a second there Jane just as you said the word giant what is she gonna say (laughs) really yeah, Merry well, Christmas. I wondered what house. she was going to say as well. But anyway, it was a gingerbread house, which in the scheme of things is probably not that offensive. Apart from the fact, you know, this was in the employee restaurant kind of bit, not in the director's dining rooms, obviously. But they were all going to have this three days of Christmas lunches and culminating in the third day when the big carols and all the bit, you know, usual. So I, I go into the chefs and go, uh, they want a gingerbread house and it's got to be like life size. And they're all, well, you can imagine what the 
you know you see that little wham behind you yeah 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 it was sort of <laughs> we needed that kind of graphic to describe what they said to me except with paul spencer's type language there you go i mean i don't know you paul so who knows about your language but Elf. there you go you, you don't know him there I, I, but look, I wouldn't at the end of the day it's a pot calling the kettle black with these guys so i wouldn't worry about it thank you, you make a fair point <laughs> fair enough <laughs> so anyway so we somehow i mean there's no internet then right so we couldn't go and just go how do you make a giant gingerbread house we had to go and get books and try recipes and do all this stuff and learn how to stick it all together yeah i know all that wow anyway we managed to construct this thing i mean they were pulling all nighters they were pretty much cementing it almost with concrete not quite but you know it was probably not edible anyway we did this thing and it looked amazing and the client's delighted and it's all wonderful and all the christmas decorations are coming in and she said oh by the way i've changed your christmas tree supplier this year I thought, well, I wasn't there the year before, so I didn't know anything about it anyway. But we had to use nominated suppliers because obviously contract caterers have deals with these people. But clients go, oh, no, I don't want it from them. I want it from my cousin's friend who's in Chigwell or something. So anyway, these Christmas trees came in, all looked very beautiful, fine. Day one of the Christmas celebrations, brilliant. Day two, brilliant. Came in in the morning of day three. Christmas trees are all bald and the gingerbread house has literally collapsed overnight. And this is the big day when all the directors and partners are coming in, all the guests, the choir are coming. It's all going to be lovely. And there's just devastation with oh, crap God. everywhere. I feel a bit sick. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So oh. somehow we managed to sort of piece this together into some sort of quirky house and just put loads of really thick fondant all over it so you couldn't even tell it was like a lot of fondant a lot of fondant you couldn't even tell it was a gingerbread house really it just looked like a gingerbread a, cottage by the end big of it cottage, yeah big cakey cottage Laid thing. In the snow. Yeah. and then More like we a little went, extension no exactly so we're running around the city trying to get this i mean you can imagine trying to get this fondant and then we had to do something with the ball trees because the suppliers like no no mate we're too far away now can't bring any more so we just had to we had to go all the way to Soho and you know in Soho in those days there were all these wholesale like fabric shops and buy tons and tons and tons and tons of ribbon and then pretty much everybody I could get hold of I mean anybody anybody off the street would have done came in and tied bows around these trees so it looked like we'd gone for this sort of quite cool away ahead of its time minimalist look with just the bare branches and the little you know little bows all over it anyway Everybody came in and thought it was fun, completely wonderful. So, you know, we just have to make the most out of a bad job. And that taught me a lot for life, really. Yeah. Well, Christmas uh, time problem solving is like, it's just the same as every other problem solving, isn't it? Really? Um, yeah. That sounded like when you, oh, like I was having a bit of a heart attack there when you said what you had to deal with. But yeah. Yeah. But no, so, I really this is why I always cook the Christmas yeah. lunch because, like, if anything goes wrong, it doesn't matter because it's like, well, it could never be that bad, could it? You know, drop the turkey. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Yeah. Go around to Killian's house and have a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my story. Fantastic. Thanks, Thank Jane. you very much, Jane. I uh, I would imagine that you have to go now, uh, given the fact I'm that you're... I'm sorry, up, I do. I'd love to stay. But... But, Jane, hey, if you no, want to good, send us a, a big old sort of gingerbread house to our office, that would be fabulous. Just to really reframe that story, be nice. Just right. Let me run home and get my penny on, and I'll see what I can do. I believe right. in you. You've got the internet now. You'll be fine. <laughs> Bye. Nice to see you. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you very much. Bye. 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 Right, Spence. 
You're up. I was getting the fear. I was getting the gingerbread fear there. Oh, that's just amazing. You know that feeling when you just start welling up from there, and you're like, the sickness in your stomach. Yeah. Yeah, thing, I've also just to let you know, I've always got a disco ball as well. Like, I'm oh, fully yes. in good, good, good. mode here. Is that literally yours? Nothing is too much. Wherever you go, <laughs> uh, it just follows me around. Actually, it just—it's just I'm with people that do that. I was watching him and uh, watching his Instagram over the weekend, and he's had That's the best. Weird. Well, he's had the best weekend. If I'm honest, with you. I like living. It's been amazing. I live vicariously uh, you, Spence. You have a great life, mate. That was a going to Lapland was pretty cool, right? Take it. We took uh, my four-year-old up there. It was honestly. It was it was truly magical, truly magical experience. I it looked amazing. cried my eyes out. It was awesome. There's a lap yeah, really, really Tidville this year, um, just up the road from me. It's not as good. I don't think it's the same, mate. I'll be honest with you. Have you, have you been? No, 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 How no. do you know? I went. I yeah, took true. my youngest, and he wasn't um, happy. Um, Welsh Lapland is not as good as the real one, apparently. Yeah. Um, Lots of sheep, was... though. Um, but, yeah, anyway. <laughs> Loads of sheep in hats. It was really awkward. Sheep and uh... sheep, but, yeah. Look well, it was good. It was good. Becky's like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. Definitely do it if you've got kids. I would highly recommend it. 100%. Yeah, don't do it if you haven't got kids. That's just weird. Yeah. No, uh, I think those guys aren't even allowed near school, so most probably not allowed near Lapland. Um, right. Let's, let's talk stories. Yeah, so let's do it. First. Yes. So look, one of the things that I truly remember is uh, in the early days, you remember where GMs used to use commercial kitchens like their own personal shopping thing? I remember those first years as an F&B director, you know, on sort of that 21st of December, the GM's car backing up to the kitchen and him almost laying and ordering on four turkeys, a commie chef and some sprouts and used to sort of have to load the car up it was almost a almost a privilege of the job was that that they would get to feast from the lovely kitchens of the hotels and i did that for many many years anyway that's not the point of the story but it was <laughs> and then you became a, G- a gm and it was yeah, yeah. and then uh, um, yeah i became a gm and didn't have a big enough car so it was really weird um so one of my favorite stories is uh, i worked the gm in an undisclosed uh five-star hotel who had this uh i only worked one. in one so- you can just sort of skim all the way through LinkedIn. There's only one on there. And one of the great ideas that he had was on Christmas Eve for our guests, we actually deliver the kids' presents to the rooms. So one of those really essential things, the guests would bring them in, we would put them in a bag, tag them, and then we would deliver them to the room. I mean, I the that. idea... I like that. Yeah, it's nice. Beautiful idea. Yeah, really nice. We have 172 rooms. That narrows this down even further on my CV. Go down about page two. <laughs> so let's, let's talk how this is going to work. So we've got guests, we've got a room number, we've got a bag of presents. I mean, this all seems pretty simple. Yeah, all, all great. So, uh, oh, I was about to say a name then, but I won't do that. Uh, Suppose <laughs> how long ago is we had a lady working on Switchboard uh, who oh, wow. was there, and her responsibility was doing the spreadsheet and just making sure the name and the room number all married up. So the next day we had a Santa per floor, and the idea was knock, knock, boom, there it is, all done. Now, one of the things that I would say about the certain lady who worked uh, as a telephonist for us was she most probably wasn't a professional in Excel. <laughs> In, there could have been the failings here. Yeah, I, I didn't take you long to find it. I could have said it quickly. Nope. Looked it up. <laughs> so we had this amazing. I she had this. She had the really good intentions, but not Excel wasn't her forte in any way, shape, or form. She's great at the telephone. Most probably never going to be a data scientist. One of the challenges that she came across was there was a function that she forgot to tell us about called add line. Now add rows. Now that, of course, sent this whole thing into a fucking meltdown because what happened was she had added a row and boom, all the room numbers were suddenly one out. So every oh, guest, God. 
every guest on Christmas Day got the wrong presents. Oh Not one God. or two. Every single guest was one out. So we were delivering, hey, congratulations, here's your new Barbie, 33-year-old guy. Like, <laughs> we would have... Oh, yes. right. <laughs> Back to them lads who aren't allowed in Lapland. <laughs> <laughs> the debacle here so slowly we go and deliver them all and we bought these hotel branded uh, red bags all tied up we delivered them in and it was a couple of minutes until the phone started ringing and then it then it then it went off and then there was a queue at reception of everyone with these bags of open presents now so <laughs> we discovered they're not right so we've totally fucked everyone's christmas because oh we have got your present well we kind of opened them put the batteries in already so there we go uh, so it was this huge debacle on how we it, it, the recovery was a nightmare now you already know that christmas <clears throat> hotel is the most impossible service to deliver so then put on top of it everyone's christmas is ruined because everyone's had the wrong presents so there's this sort of darkness to the dining room <laughs> the stillness the no wine no christmas oh, song God. hey should we sing jingle bells no, no get fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing happened. So I remember begging Chef that day. I was like, bro, if there's anything you're going to do for me today, it's just not fuck this up. Let's get everything out on time. And luckily he did. We did an amazing Christmas. Oh, service. God. I thought you were going to say that he, uh, no, and then that went wrong as well. GM took the last turkey. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah what we doing for food, the GM just took all the, uh, all the Christmas pudding. Uh, so, yeah, we did this amazing service. But I, I'll never forget that moment of coming out to reception to see 172 rooms worth of guests all queuing up with a bag. I mean, that is a... Oh, I mean, that's it, just not a mistake. That is... Did you, I mean, I, if I was Switchboard Lady, and we won't say her name, I would have just left. <laughs> I would have just gone. <laughs> right. Gone now. Yeah, There's go another on. story. If ever we do a Valentine's one of these, there's another story where she really redeemed herself. So no, oh, there we are. You've got... Oh, nice. hey. oh, yeah. redemption at Christmas. <laughs> you've, that's uh, a beautiful you, thing. You give me an she idea for really another special now. She yeah. did some really good like money again. things that were left in rooms, so it made it really entertaining. I'll let you figure that one out. But yeah, it was awesome. It was really, <laughs> that was most probably the most challenging Christmas I've ever had. And, and not because of, you know, the sort of operational logistics of it all, but just because you knew as yeah. soon as the first one came dream. down, yeah. you knew. You yeah. From then on, you were buggered. Like, it was just absolutely out of sync. So yeah, it was pretty heavy duty. But, you know, Christmas is Christmas, right? It's one of those amazing times. You can tend to recover it like any other sort of disaster that you face. And in fairness, we face these sort of things all the day. But opening little Johnny's presents, that most probably is the worst thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Pretty yeah. bad. Yeah. Anyone little Johnny ordered as well, that could be bad, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ordered. Well, yeah. Sounds right. Wrong. Is that how it works? Yeah. Order? No, I don't know. I'm talking in Amazon terms. <laughs> anyway, no, really cool. I feel bad now that I, I genuinely think that's really quite funny. And little Johnny just sitting there feeling disappointed on Christmas morning yeah. entertains me greatly. I'll be honest, I'm a bad person. You can imagine him opening it and you can imagine mum and dad looking at each other going, <laughs> Yeah. Did you do that? Yeah. Did Did you, did you see his letter? Did you see did the you letter him, that you... Did you buy him an iron? Is that what you do, Johnny? Did they bring, uh, so yeah, did they bring the kids group. to reception just out of interest, or was it just the parents? Oh, just, oh, just adults. You could hear though if you stood I outside my the kids hotel. Feel really bad. No, if you stood outside the hotel, you could hear the sort of hum of crying. So it, was <laughs> like, it was like imagine you know those things that you hit like tuning <laughs> It was that sort of. <laughs> That's the true sound of Christmas, right there, isn't I'm it? Just gonna say that, everywhere. But you've just—that's just such a wonderful image to conjure up about that the wonderful Christmas spirit of the tune of crying throughout Seven the hotel. Children. 
Yeah, and in fairness, now we're adults. It's usually us that are crying, right? We have to spend time with our parents. Yeah. If we can get past that, I mean, it's uh, that is the toughest. <laughs> Definitely getting them the wrong presents. I think my mum's already started boiling the veg, so it should be ready for Christmas <laughs> Day for her by the time we get Ooh, there. So. To be fair, if she hadn't started that in November, she's falling short. Fantastic, team, but a very cool story. That's uh, that's awesome. Thank you, thank you very much. You're welcome to stick around. We're nearly done anyway. Or uh, you're... I'm going to shoot, guys. But thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Congrats on the podcast, mate. And uh, nice talking to you as well. I'll speak to you later on. Take Always care. good to see you, brother. See you, later. See you guys. Take care. Bye. Uh, Bex. Bill. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Waiting patiently there. As, oh, yeah. uh, as, uh, we always run to time when we do this. I thought you. I thought you would. And I left a very um, compelling training session. So. Ah oh, well, so so basically, you're thanking us then. Yeah. No. Hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Well, just. Off you go. Just straight off in. I go. Yeah, Just yeah. Straight in. And you're wearing um, a lovely red jumper as well. Oh, I went, went festive for yeah. you. We didn't get the memo. We did not get the Christmas memo. You totally oh, did get was, the memo. Yeah, it was definitely in the briefing. I read through it all like I was going into ship. Um, <laughs> so this was, I think, 13 years ago, Christmas, and I was running a bar and restaurant in York, which I'd just taken over. I took over on the 1st of November previous manager had left just disappeared into the night and I kind of came in November kind of trying to pick up the pieces of this what the hell was going on with the stock with the staff with the everything Life. and it was a just, Back to GMs just, and a boot full just, of turkey aren't we <laughs> exactly and just maintenance problems everywhere the toilets would flood into the open kitchen and yeah it, it, it was a chaotic site but it was only kind of started dawning on me when I was getting calls for Christmas reservations and I was writing them down and I've not I've not seen a res diary anywhere. This is before the days of, you know, putting everything on computer system. Not seen a res diary anywhere. There must be one. We must have had Christmas bookings. This was one of the most kind of popular bar restaurants kind of. Is that where uh, Spence's uh, lady went after uh, she must left? have been. It must have been her. Yeah, she yeah. must have been had taken charge of it. Luckily, it was an Excel. And basically, the previous manager had done one and then to royally screw me over, had taken the res diary and also taken all of the deposits and pre-orders of every Christmas booking that we had, which was multiple on every days in December. But we had no, no idea any of this was happening until 1st of December hit and our first Christmas booking walked in, table of 16. Yes, we've pre-ordered 16 Christmas dinners. Uh, we've getting chest we've, pains thinking about it. We've, we've paid our 160 quid deposit. There's no kind of re- record of any of this. Um, the managers everywhere in the world, I'm giving you some credit here, Phil, uh, who are listening to this right now, who are all going, oh my God, I've been there. I'm having flashbacks to oh, hard rock yeah. parties. Yeah. Oh, Sorry. yeah. I, it's It was it was just, um, thing is, every day I would wake up with this thread because you you didn't know you know you can never what know what's going to happen yeah you never know what you're going to happen in in hospitality particularly during december but yeah. this kind of added a whole yeah. other level this is a whole level of not knowing of, <laughs> i could have a table of 20 walk in who've pre-ordered magnums and whatever else and kind of to top it off we had this very very regimented he was ex army head chef and um 
Yeah, to, 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 and I was Jeff. petrified of him, petrified of him. And uh, you go and take it well. No, unsurprisingly, he didn't. He would, yeah, he was very, very thick Scottish accent. And you'd kind of creep in, you'd be like, Jimmy, there's a table. Was his name actually Jimmy? His name was actually Jimmy. 100% it was Jimmy. And you'd be like, there's, you, Jimmy. there's a table of 20, and, uh, and they're all on turkey. And the level of expletives that would come out of his mouth, and you were like, I, I just don't even know what to do. I don't, I just. He's still speaking English. I'm not sure. No, but, and so that that carried on throughout kind of the whole of December. Every single day was like that, and then it got to Black right. Friday, and my my the York licensing police were very strict. And um, it got to Black Friday, and my my door staff were about half an hour late. But my license was that I could only um, do licensable activity if I had door staff on. Um, so the license head of licensing stood at the end of my bar, ceased all licensable activities so it had no booze going out I had to turn the music off and like five Happy Christmas yeah it was full restaurant five or six deep at the bar we're all just this silence utter silence a bit like Spence with the kids and the kind of the pitchfork going on but no it was it, it got to kind of Christmas Eve and I thought that's it I'm done I'm out I can't I can't ever. Into banking. did you stay did you stay in that job no, I left in the February and moved back. Wow. Uh, you know how you know uh, how Chris would have handled it? Who? Me? Yeah. How? You'd have left on day one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> December the 1st. <laughs> but that, that feeling of having people walk in. He has got form. Even, even not Christmas. You know when people walk in and they've got a booking and you yeah. don't know about it? It's the as a door host or manager, whoever. It's the worst feeling ever. So magnify that by a month. Every, oh. every single <laughs> day. Month. Every single day. And you no idea what what we needed to be ordering in what you know if someone's done whatever pre-order how many of that we needed to be doing who's going off what set menu it was just yeah i aged about 20 years i think in that space wow. of three weeks i feel like you need a hug right now yeah, yeah, with you. <laughs> we're just like shit <laughs> time do you know what when people talk about hospitality we are troopers well you are a trooper. hospitality is yeah. easy hospitality yeah. simple deal with yeah. that for a month <laughs> but that's, that's no, remarkable. No, to, to put a positive spin on it somehow problem solving skills off the charts right like off what chart, choice do yeah. you have when you're creative with... thinking lying bare-faced <laughs> lying to people yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Scottish luckily, translations. Was, yeah, very good at kind of that. That doing that. This was luckily pre days of allergens and the allergen act. So we're quite happy just, to kill just, people back then. Get, just get yeah. it out. Boom. Well, as long as they down. didn't, long as they didn't, you know, they had a meal on their table. I think at that point. <laughs> we're just, so, so I suppose most were having turkey, right? I mean, you know, as in ninety yeah. percent of the table. So I suppose. You could kind of blag it a little bit and go, oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, we've got turkey. Yeah, tell that Scottish chef, it's all right, dude. Nine <laughs> right. of the people You're have just fine. turned up. We didn't have a clue who they were, whether they were coming. All of them. What they paid people. as a deposit, if they had paid a deposit. So um, did he know where the deposit money was? I'm probably detailing he'd, the story here. But... He'd, no, no, he'd run off with it. Oh, my What life. a man he'd this guy was. Yeah. I what was his name? <laughs> I, do you know what? I was thinking this before I came on, and I cannot for the life of me remember what it is. But, but what I like is everybody else on the podcast has said, I don't want to share the name, but you're quite willing to. You just can't remember it. <laughs> yeah. just can't remember it. Go on my LinkedIn, have a little yeah. look yeah. of where I was running bars in York, and then, yeah. Wow. Uh, oh, was... can, you, can you imagine as well, 13 years ago or so, the the like 
veganism wasn't a thing. Can you imagine no. a vegan walking in uh, into that environment and, and yes. you going to the chef? Oh, we have a vegan in. I can imagine chef would have been delighted with that. Well, with then with that chef, he would have yeah, just yeah. Yeah, it doesn't exist, does it? vegans. Oh God, I think we can. Jeez, oh, I feel like I need a stiff drink after all these. The um, the that the... one's the most traumatizing, actually. Worst. I saved it, saved it till last. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But you know, I stayed in the industry for another twelve years after that, so I can't have started that badly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. And interestingly, you went into drink, didn't you? So that was, yeah, uh, you did. Yeah, there, now we know the catalyst. Yes. Now <laughs> we know what happens. How most people end up in the drinks industry is. Yeah. From the hospitality industry, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. Christ. Very true. Uh, oh, we've got to go and have our Christmas do now, actually. We genuinely are having our Christmas do tonight. Um, so I'm just going to go around and... I mean, maybe you should get them to tell their stories tonight. Christmas stories. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, Yanis anyway. gave me flashbacks, you know. When Yanis was talking about Y2K, he gave me flashbacks to a Christmas story from mine, from uh, the very first pub I ran. And obviously it was Millennium Eve. And my wife, I was running with my wife at the time, and she was very sensible. And she was like being all prepared for Y2K. Uh, and I was doing Jaeger shots and uh, just getting absolutely twatted, if I'm honest with you. You were doing uh, front of house. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> front of house control, and I was getting it. And we had a chef who was uh, who was a bit of a run. His name was Bobby Vimto, uh, and he was a hell of a dude. But he was a what? photographer as well. So, hang on. Like, I know. Don't even, I don't even know why his name was Bobby Vimto. Bobby Vimto. Bobby Vimto. Um, hell of a dude. Great photographer. Not such a good chef, but he was a little bit insane. He's purple. Yeah, he had a, a slight tinge to him, a hue, if you will. And I remember looking up, and just literally as midnight struck on the millennium. Uh, I looked up and I used to run a venue that had like a, a, a live venue upstairs. And as I looked up the staircase, I saw him with a, a, a gas mask on and he covered himself in lighter fuel in, a, in his chef's whites, set fire to himself and jumped over the balcony. Now, that's just like that's I completely forgotten about that story until Yanis was telling me about it. I was like, wow, my wife was being so sensible. Why? Why did I forget? No, no. Why did he set himself on? Because he was like weird. Okay. <laughs> Such a weird story. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, feel... was he was he okay? Well, just, fine. Sorry, just yeah. just... Apparently, <laughs> okay. Apparently, it wasn't the first time he'd done it. Apparently, he'd got form for it, just not while he was working for me. Um, I do actually have a photo, Phil, uh, so I'll send it to you. You can maybe use as the uh, image for the show. I'm sure. Yeah, you know. great. Yeah, that will really draw people. I mean, it probably will draw people in. But sensationalism. Flambe Vimto. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. He's like, I, I feel like this podcast was worth doing just to draw. That memory out of your kid, kid really that you've has. forgotten. You know, it's really made me smile as well. He was a really lovely lad. Mad as a box of frogs, but absolute He's genius. Got such an edit on his hand. Sorry. Sorry, yeah, Phil. I really can't wait. Yeah, sorry, not sorry. I am bringing yeah. the Christmas joy. Well, Christ. look, uh, uh, Becky, you're welcome to stick around, but you are the last guest. So, uh, <laughs> I am. Um, <laughs> I'm going to jump like back on the, on the training. Yeah. Uh, oh, so. Good luck with that. Uh, nice to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> you too. Thanks. So Thanks so much, much Becky. Merry Christmas to you. See you soon. <laughs> Love to meet you, Becky. Bye. Well, there we are. Here endeth the uh, the Christmas special. What emotional. did you make of that, boys? <laughs> That's what I made of it, Phil. It's been an emotional experience of him. Just do that again. I was going to say that uh, it just shows how resilient we are as an industry. Oh, look at you. Oh, look no, at you bringing it true. back to learning. Yeah, all back to learning. Have you heard of a tolo? 
<laughs> serving those or serve others. Serving those. Oh, especially at Christmas. <laughs> no, no, I was just saying that everyone's been, it, no matter how much we F up in the industry, which happens daily, probably everybody, everywhere, we tend to turn it around and Christmas, people forgive you a little bit more, I think. Apart from when you get the yeah, presents yeah. wrong. I don't yeah, think since it's 170 <laughs> people were forgiving him, I'll be honest with you. I reckon they've still got pictures of him on the wall uh, with uh, pins in them. Oh, I don't think day. he was there. I think he was running down the high street by that point. I probably. think he was just his team <laughs> dealing with it. He was like, Dressed as Santa. You know, the, the thing is, though, is that of all of the stories we've had today, like you can, I can totally visualize that scenario. Yes. Like whether it's, you know, look at all the effort they've made to bring in this Santa that's coming down in a parachute. Well, hang on, Santa's not the same guy as he was earlier. Like, so that's the thing shame. you care about, is it? Yeah. Or you know, or Paul's story, which you know, quite frankly, was traumatic. But um, yeah, and then Bex, not, bless not her. for the. Oh yeah, it was for everyone actually. Little Johnny and his iron. Yeah, the rain. I saw Tom O'Connor once as a magician with, he did. with my dad, with my dad. And I remember, because kids do point stuff out, right? And uh, I was watching and he put a coin in his pocket when he was doing a trick. And I stood up in front of 500 people and went up and went, oh, your coin, you put it in your pocket. It's not a trick, it's in your pocket. And he was really angry. <laughs> this is the Christmas story. Why would you piss on his chips like that? Because I saw him do it. He cheated. Well, no, that's the way magic works. It's not actually magic. It's very funny. He was, he, he was a nice man. Tom oh, yeah, yeah, very cool. Yeah, very for cool anyone under the age of 35, you're not know what we've just spoken about. So, um, yes, there we are. I don't reckon he was that nice in that moment. I reckon he said some terrible things about a young Chris Fletcher. The friend of the dad. The friend dad. of the family. Yeah. Of course yeah. he was. President, <laughs> president of Retro. Liked to ride the balloon, did he? Anyway. <laughs> yes. Anyway, right. Well, I, I, I think Sorry. it's time to... Um, Wrap and go to the pub. That's our plan, Phil. If I'm honest with you, that is the yeah. plan for the day. Christmas parties. How would you? How do you feel about your uh, year of podcast, Phil? As we go into 2023, you had a good time. It's been great. Yeah, and we keep uncovering more and more excellent stories. I feel like I'm getting interviewed for a podcast now. Is this your podcast or is this? Yeah, well, we're we're, we're just doing your wrap up for you. We're helping you. Know, you. You're tired. You've had a long year. You've yeah. no, You've interviewed a lot of people. Yeah, well, there's uh, a lot more to come yet. There's uh, The podcast will evolve into 2023. There's uh, a few different plans, so just watch this space. I'm not going to dive on that. the surface, have you, Phil? Only just got started, mate. So many excellent people in this industry, uh, whether it's at Christmas or any other time. And I'm excited to keep speaking to all the legends that are out there. Merry Christmas to you one and all, and we'll see you again in 2023 for some more fun and shenanigans. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Well, once again, wasn't that amazing, boys and girls, mums and dads? So many amazing stories from our beloved industry. We hope that this has brought you a moment of happiness at Christmas and a reminder that our industry is fabulous and so full of fun. A huge thank you to everyone who agreed to share their Christmas tales. Please don't forget to share the show as far and wide as you can. Let's remind the world that this is the most fun you can have whilst at work. All that remains to say is thanks so much for listening throughout 2022 and we'll be back as usual every Wednesday 8pm in the new year with more stories from the amazing human beings of hospitality. Until then, we wish you a very Merry Christmas and the most phenomenal 2023.